Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, we're going to wrap up our series today on I Am New, Understanding Your Identity in Christ. So over the last five weeks, this is our sixth week today, over the last five weeks, we have been really looking at what the Scripture says about who you are in Jesus Christ, about the identity, the new identity that you have as a believer in Jesus Christ. And the reason why we got into this study is because so many of us are not aware of that when you become a Christian, when you commit your life to follow Jesus, you become a new person. You become a new creation. You have a new identity. Because so many of us still measure our lives in the old way of measuring it. What do you mean? What's my education level? What's my family background? What's my church background? What, what's my social economic status? And, and what are my failures? Have I messed up? And some of you are like, yeah, I've messed up. How can God love me? And, and, and all you do is you see yourself based upon that old way of thinking and that old way of looking at yourself. And so what we've done is, is over these last few weeks, we've tried to help you to understand that who you are as a person now, as a believer in Jesus Christ, has nothing to do with what you've done in the past or who you are right now as far as our culture. That who you are has to do with what Jesus did for you. In dying on the cross, that you might have salvation. That your identity is Him and what He's done for you. And that you're a new person now. And so because of that, new person, that salvation, you need to live that out. Because here's the thing, this is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the new life. And I need you to grasp this. It's not just enough for you to understand who you are now in Jesus. Because you can understand all of that and still it be meaningless. The way you truly grasp who you are in Jesus and your new identity is that you live it out. It's that you act upon it. That because you are a new person in Jesus through his salvation... You're now going to change the way you live your life. You're going to do the things that he wants you to do. Because it so impacts you, it changes you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, because for so many of us, the way you act now is based upon your old way of thinking. So for instance, if, you, if you've got a failure in your life, a moral failure or a sin failure in your life, that impacts you to the point where you think, well, I can't do anything anymore. I can't do this. I can't do that. Because you're thinking in the old way. But now as a new person in Jesus, it should change you. You're not trapped. You have freedom. So that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to get back to Ephesians. Remember, we started in Ephesians. We're going to end up in Ephesians today. And we're going to see in Ephesians chapter 4, the last part there, he's really going to talk about this new life that we have. So let's look at it together. And then I'm going to help you to understand what's being said. Look with me. At verse 20, the Apostle Paul writes, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, 
that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth to his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer. Rather, let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who is, has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take this section of verses and we're going to basically divide it into three sections. We're going to see the basis for the new life. We're going to see that in verses 20 and 21. Then we're going to see the proactive reality. Now what do you mean by that, George? That's like a big fancy word. Proactive reality. What are you talking about there? Well, the reality is is that you need to do something. That's what it means to be proactive. You're going to do something. You're going to work towards something. So because of the basis, there's a proactive reality that needs to take place in your new life. And then we're going to see the new way of living. We're going to see what the Apostle Paul tells us here as far as the new way of living. So what I want you to notice, first of all, is the basis. Look with me at verse 20 and notice what he says there. But you have not so learned Christ. What's he talking about there? Well, actually what he's doing in here in verse 20 is referring back to the verses right before that. All the way back to verse 17, 18, and 19, where he talks about that you and I are, are not to live like the Gentiles. That, that is, the unbelievers who lived according to the futility of their mind and did whatever they wanted to do. You're not, you and I are not to live that way. So what's he saying here in the verse 20 is, is that you weren't taught to live that way. You were giving another message. And so here's the point I want you to see. The message of Christ provides a break with the old you. The message of Christ provides a break with the old you. See, the old you used to live like those verses in verses 17, 18, and 19, where basically you kind of lived by whatever you thought or whatever you felt or what everybody else was doing. But in coming to Jesus, in responding to the message, the message gives you an opportunity to break with the old you. The message gives you the opportunity to become somebody completely different now, somebody new in Christ. The message, which is the gospel of Jesus, gives you an opportunity to change. That's what he's talking about here. You've learned something new. You haven't learned that in Jesus. You've learned that you're different now. It gives you the opportunity to break with that. In fact, here's what I'm saying. Look at verse 21. If indeed you've heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. What I want you to see there. The break only occurs when you respond to the gospel with faith. So the message provides you the break, but how does the break happen? 
It's when you respond to it. When you realize that you need Jesus. When you realize he is who he says he is. He did what he did for you to forgive you of your sins. So let me just stop for a moment. I think everybody here knows that Jesus died to what? Forgive us of our what? Now here's where the confusion comes in. Which sins did he die for? Okay, do you really believe that though? Because it's okay for us to think in terms of that he died for the ones in the past, but some of you are holding on to some past ones thinking that you aren't forgiven. Here's the other one. Some of you wrestle with and and maybe haven't grasped the reality that he died for your forgiveness, but that also means the sins that you have yet to what? Commit. So does everybody recognize that you're going to sin? I mean, that's reality. And, and but have you grasped the reality? Have you have you grasped the truth and have you grasped the understanding that Jesus died for your forgiveness? It isn't just the ones that you've committed; it's also the ones that you've what yet to commit. Did you understand what I'm saying? Now. See, this is important. If I'm going to understand who I am, and if I'm going to understand the break with the old man, I've got to understand this, that I only become new when I accept, what? His message by faith, that he died for me. That he forgave me. That he made me new, that I'm committed to that. I have faith in that message. And even though I mess up, and you will, you will fail. Do you understand what I'm saying? You will fail. He forgives. He cleanses. That's the break. That's the basis for the new life. See, it's so important because some of you are like, well, you know, I, I want to be different, George. I, I, I just want to, I want to move forward, but you know, I'm just always messing up in the same way. And, and you know what? I decided this morning I wasn't going to do it. You know what? Here it is. It's almost 12 o'clock and I've already done it. What do you mean I can be new? Because, It's just the same thing over and over. You can be new. You can be new. The question is, do you believe you can be new? Do you have faith that you can be new? Do you have faith that he can change you to stop the old way of living? Because he gave you that freedom through the cross. But you've got to embrace it. The break only occurs when you respond to the gospel with faith. So you say, okay then. All right, I've grasped that. I understand that. So what do I do with it? That's where we come to the proactive reality. Look with me at verse 22 through 24. Look at what he says there. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Here's the proactive reality. Three things. In fact, you can almost write them down on the side of your margin and you can put three steps. So everybody wants to be the new man. We, we, we want to live out. We want to live in the new identity of who we are. How do we do that, George? The apostle tells us right here. First thing. Number one, you must actively stop living as the corrupted old you. You gotta actively stop living as the corrupted old you. Now I want you to do this. On your bulletin there, I want you to underline or circle that word actively. It's got to be a conscious effort on your part to do this. Why? 
Because whether we realize it or not, we live most of our lives on cruise control. You know what cruise control is, right? When I'm going down I-80 and I'm heading somewhere, if I'm going down an interstate or something, I, I, I just kind of like putting it on cruise control. We put on cruise control and we just kind of, and we get irritated when somebody pulls in front of us and slows down because it messes up our what? Our cruise control. Right? Am I the only one like that? Okay, we're all the same here. We're being real. We live our lives that way. Now here's the problem though. We've got it programmed in our minds and in our hearts and in our thinking. Cruise control based on who? The old man. So I've got to actively make a decision that I'm going to live differently now. I've got to actively make the decision every day that I'm not going to live on cruise control, the pre-programmed, living by the old way of doing things, thinking the old way, having the same old attitudes, treating people the same old way. Isn't that what we do? So I've got to actively, because look, notice what it says there. Well, well, my Bible says it says put off. Well, here's what it means, that I'm actively putting off. It, the word there, the verb usage, is a continual action. It's not a pastime event. I'm continually putting off what? The old man. The old way of thinking, the old way of living, the old way of viewing life. My old identity. I've got to actively do that. I've got to actively do that. So that's the first step. Number one, I've got to stop living as the corrupted old you. Oh, let me just stop for a moment. Uh, I need to make sure some of you understand this because some of you may not grasp this because you think you're great. Well, I got news for you. You might be wonderful, but you're still corrupted. Does everybody understand me? You still are corrupted. Your desires are corrupted. Your motives are corrupted. Your speech is corrupted. Your way of thinking is corrupted. That's the old you. Does everybody understand? We're all in the same level field here. Nobody's better than anybody else here. Does everybody understand? We're corrupted. I'm corrupted. You're corrupted. Now, the, the issue is, is i got to actively stop living as the corrupted old me. So how do I do that? Number two, here's what we do. Second step. You accomplish this by renewing your mind. Now, this is important. Put a star by this one. Why? Because so many of you want to skip this one and go immediately to number three. And I'll tell you what number three is in a moment. We want to immediately start changing the way we're living, but you've got to have a step in between there. See, because here's the thing. You've got to understand. Your actions, your attitudes, your speech come from somewhere. It comes from your heart and your mind. And if you haven't changed the way you're thinking and you haven't changed in your view of life, and you haven't changed in how you operate based upon your mind and your heart. Nothing's going to change. You might change some outward actions for a moment, but sooner or later you're going to what? Go back. Go back to the old way of living. In fact, isn't that what we do? We have people. How many of you remember people come to church and they're, they're all excited for Jesus for the moment? Oh, 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 and they're here. Every time the door's open, they're here. Oh, and then all of a sudden you don't see them anymore. And you hear that they're doing the old way of things again. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen that through the years if you've been in church. What's going on there? Well, all they did for a moment was change their behavior and realize that they couldn't keep it up. So they gave up. Something else has got to be different. 
And that's where we are right now. You can only actively put off the old you, and then we're going to see put on the new you, if I do something in between. And that's what? i got to change my mind. Actually, i got to renew my mind. In fact, isn't that what Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2? Be not conformed to the image of this world, but be what? Transformed, changed from the inside out. Isn't that what transform means? Metamorphosis? Everybody know what a metamorphosis is? It's when we see that little butterfly. And it gets into its chrysalis. And that little worm, that ugly little worm becomes what? That beautiful butterfly. What happened? He changed. From where? The inside out. Now, how does that inside out change happen? Because you renew your mind with God's Word. See, now do you understand why it's so important for you to read God's Word? It's not so you can answer Bible trivia. See, here's the thing. Again, you need to read your Bible not for gaining knowledge, but read your Bible for transformation. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a difference. You need to read your Bible so that you're transformed rather than you just gain knowledge. Because gaining knowledge means nothing. It's what's taking place on the inside of you. It's what's taking place on the inside of you, what's changing. And so you're going to actively stop living as the corrupted old you because you accomplish this by renewing your mind. And as your mind is renewed, here's what the third thing is in this proactive reality. You must actively seek to live as the new you. See, I'm not going to set my life on cruise control because cruise control is the old way of doing things. I'm actually now, because I'm renewing my mind, I begin to understand what God wants from my life. I begin to understand how he's telling me to live my life. I begin to understand what kind of attitudes I need to have that are reflective of my new life. I begin with that understanding to make the decision now that I'm not going to live the old way anymore. I'm going to live a new way. I'm going to change the way I'm living my life. And, folks, it will happen because you started changing your mind first. Do you understand what I'm saying? You started changing from the inside out. But here's the thing. You have got to decide to do that. It isn't just going to happen on its own. Do you know what I mean? You've got to decide to do that. It's your decision. Nobody else can make it for you. I can't make it for you. I can't, you know, Lori can't make it for me. I can't make it for her. I can't make it for you. You can't make it for me. It's got to be you. you got to look in the mirror and you got to decide when you wake up in the morning after you've had your cup of coffee in your shower and you're groomed and you're all looking nice, then you can look in the mirror and say, okay, it's a new day. I've been reading your word, Lord, and you've been talking to me about this one area of my life. And that's how it starts. It doesn't start overnight with everything. Does everybody understand me? Because some of you are looking and saying, well, man, I might as well give up because, man, we're looking in the mirror. There's a whole lot wrong with me, George. It's one thing at a time. One thing at a time. And so there he is. The Holy Spirit's been speaking to you about one area of your life. And you say, okay, Lord, you've been showing me different. Help me today to do what I need to do today. You've got to proactively make that decision. So then, what do we do then? What's the decision we got to make in? What's this new way of living? So then he goes on, and just so you understand what he's talking about changing, he gives us some things to change here in verse 25. I mean, isn't it interesting that Paul just doesn't tell you to put it off? He tells you what to put put off. And he tells you what to replace those behaviors with. 
I'm going to kind of go through these. I'm going to break them down into three categories in this new way of living. Number one, your new identity must be reflected in how you speak and act. So the first change that's going to happen, if I'm going to live out the new me, something's got to change. And right off the bat, it's the way that I speak and I act. Look at those verses. Let's kind of go through there. Look what he says. I mean, it's very, I mean, it's immediate there. Look with it. Look with me. Look at what he says there, verse 25. Put away what? Lying. You gotta quit lying to each other. That's the first thing. Oh, and it's easy for us to do that, isn't it? And I'm not just talking about little white lies, although that's bad itself too. Because a lot of times we lie in order to what? Protect ourselves. We lie in order to avoid confrontation. We lie. So put away the lying. Let's go on there. Look what else he says there. As far as my speech. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for edification. What's that? He's talking about, man, watch what you're saying to people. Sometimes we just are in cruise control, and our mouth just runs, and words come out that aren't helping nobody. Do you know what I'm saying? They're corrupt. And I don't need to tell you what corrupt is. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, in fact, in fact, in our culture today, let's be honest with each other, in our culture, it's almost acceptable to be corrupt in how we speak. But the thing is, is the new you, though, it's not acceptable. What needs to come out of your mouth is words that build up, that help others. So we've got to think about what comes out of our mouth. Not just what comes out of our mouth, our speech. It also has to do with the way that we act towards each other. We've got to change the way we act towards each other. Seriously. Look, in fact, look there. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away with all malice. That's all about how we act towards each other. It's all about how we act towards each other. First here, so your new identity must be reflected in how you speak and act. Here's what it says. Your new identity must be reflected in your actions towards others. That's the third area. When you go through that, again, we just read that verse, we're talking about it's just not in the way that I act or I speak. I've got to change with my new identity and how I treat other people. Now, here's the reality. I really don't care how much you tell me you love Jesus. Because if you treat people like garbage, your words are empty. Do you hear what I'm saying? I really don't care how much you tell me that you love Jesus and how long you've been serving him and how long you've been saved. If what comes out of your actions and words towards other is pure meanness, your words are empty. Period. Did you understand what I'm saying? Because a couple of things. When you tell me that, I know right off the bat, by the way you treat other people, that you have not grasped what Jesus has done for you. You have not grasped who you are now in Jesus Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you haven't understood grace. Because remember what I said, we talked about this last week. If you understand grace in your life and the forgiveness that you now have in Jesus, you're going to be gracious towards other people. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're going to be gracious towards other people because you understand that they need Jesus too. And you're thankful that you found him. Did you understand what I'm saying? Grace brings forth grace. And the new you, 
the new identity is going to be reflected in your actions towards other people. I'm going to tell you right now, I've been a Christian now, 1985, actually it's just here in a couple of weeks, April of 1985 I got saved. So almost 29 years ago, almost 30 years ago, I became a believer in Jesus Christ. And I've, I've been like you, I've sat in a pew and I've pastored. And I'm going to tell you something, I've met some mean, belligerent church people. And you have too. And they thought they were okay. I'm going to tell you right now, they weren't. Because if you truly know Jesus, how can you treat your brother that way? Or your sister? I'm just going to be honest with you. If you know Jesus, how can you treat your brother that way? In fact, he tells us there. Look at that last part there. Forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. You're going to be a forgiving person. Because you were forgiven. That's reality. So, I mean, my new identity is going to be reflected in how I speak, how I act. It's going to be reflected in what? My actions towards others. And here's the third area. Your new identity must be reflected in your attitudes. So when you look through this list from verse 25 all the way through the end of the chapter there, he's not just talking about the way I speak. He's not just talking about the way I act. He's not just talking about the way that I am with other people. He's talking about my attitudes. What kind of attitudes, George? Look at what he says there. Be angry and sin not. Now, let me just stop for a moment. It's okay to be angry. It's not a sin to be angry. It's what you do with it. Because anger is when something that you hold to or something that you believe in has been reproached or, or, or somebody has worked against that. Anger happens. Wasn't Jesus angry? Yeah. It's what he did with it. And here he tells you, be angry and sin not. What? Don't let the what the sun go down on your wrath. Don't go long periods of time without dealing with it. Because when you don't deal with it, what happens? You give the enemy a foothold in your life. You get the enemy a foothold in your life. Don't be carrying grudges. That's one of the attitudes. Here, the attitude of unforgiveness, the attitude of bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor. The new me. It's going to be changing in its attitudes towards what? Other people. Other people. In fact, let me just go ahead and tell you. The new you, the new me, is not just going to be changing in its attitudes towards other people because there are other people that we get along fine with and, and we're wonderful with and oh, we, we really like them. But the new you is going to change in your attitudes towards the people you don't like. Do you see what I'm saying? Your identity. Now, how do I get there, George? How do I get there? Because, man, what you're asking for seems like a lot. You renew your mind. And you make a conscious decision to not live that way anymore. And some of you right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and saying to you right now, something in your mind and in your heart, it's revealing to you, just in our discussion here, whether you agree with me or not, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and saying, you know what, there's this issue. It's got to change. It's not reflective of who you are. It's maybe an attitude, or it's maybe an action, or maybe it's a speech issue. But God's revealing to you. And here's what I would say to you. That's not last night's pizza. That's God talking to you. So what are you going to do about it? 
So you've got to be proactive. You've got to do something about it. You've got to, there's a new way of living. Choose it. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.